As you're listening, don't forget to check out the Professional Amateurs Podcast on YouTube. And while you're there, hit like and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 26 of Professional Amateurs. Ryan, you've got sirens going in the background. What's going on? Apparently, there's a big police chase going on around my house. So I'll just mute up here for the and you just got your mic too, so now it's going to catch it all. If, that, if there was ever a time to not have the new mic, it would have been this one. Okay, I think they got him, guys. <laughs> they got him. If, you're, if anyone's watching the news right now and it's showing Halifax, well, not right now. We're trying to get an interview. <laughs> we could be, uh, we could be uh, try to be reporters. I guess we need a timer for these. Uh, so we're going to do the Pacific Division previews. Uh, we're going to do the Central Division shortly after, but this is going to be episode 26, just for the Pacific division um, should be an interesting division. Uh, there's definitely a clear cut top three or four and so definitely some bottom dwellers, but uh, yeah, we'll get right into it. So here, let me just set this timer. We got three and a half minutes for the Seattle Kraken. Um, disappointing first year for the Kraken to say the least um, expectations were sky high after what Vegas did five years ago. Um, people thought the Kraken would be good. They signed Grubauer. Uh, that didn't work out. They had a good, they had what seemed to be a good tandem with Chris Dreger didn't work. Um, uh, but they have reinforcements coming in this off season. They bring in Andre Burakovsky on a five-year contract at 5.5 per year as a UFA. They acquire Oliver Bjorkstrand from Columbus in a cap dump. Uh, Bjorkstrand has four years left at 5.4 million a bargain deal. And I'm pretty sure they only gave up a third and a fourth. Um, they bring in Martin Jones. Uh, to add some depth, I suppose, probably as like a third string goalie behind Dreger and um, Grubauer, unless there's an injury I don't know about. And they bring in Justin Schultz on a two-year, $3 million contract per season, so $6 million total. Um, definitely definitely some improvements. Uh, the top six looks really good. Um, how do you guys feel about their offseason? I guess they also bring in Shane Wright, drafted fourth overall. I forgot to do uh, prospects, so uh, throw that in there. Uh, Ryan, how do you feel about Seattle? Yeah, I uh, I feel very good about Seattle. I was ready to hop in there and absolutely correct you um, <laughs> that you missed a huge piece there. But um, I, I I liked the moves that they made. Like Bjorkstrand is an incredible pickup for that price. Yeah. Um, very underrated player in the league, so love that. Um, Veneers is just going to grow more. I think Wright will – like he's supposed to play NHL games, right? I don't know. Do we consider Beneers an addition though? No, but I'm just saying he's okay. gonna take another step, right? Did he burn a year? Did he how many games yeah. did he play? He did okay. Yeah. So yeah, never mind. Uh yeah, he had nine points in 10 games. Um so that's sick, actually. Um, so I think he's gonna have a great year if rights in the NHL. I think we're gonna see a revenge tour. Um but but their forwards are actually looking pretty darn good. Their defense is just, eh, we're not talking so about bad. It. Um, but yeah, that that's how I feel about them right now. Jack, what do you got on the Kraken? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to add. I think it was definitely a step in the right direction. But uh, it's going to be another year or two before they do any damage, I think. I missed an opportunity to say let's get Kraken on the Kraken, but that's fine. Um, Should we restart? Because that would be I, so funny. <laughs> um, like, Ryan, what does what does their top six look like? I know they they'll have probably Beniers and um, what's his name, Gord. McCann. 
Oh, and Gord. They actually look pretty good down the middle. Yeah. So they... let me read out their forwards to you. Yeah, so right okay. now, this is without Wright in there if he does take a spot. Um, so currently their first line as of cap friendly is Jaden Schwartz, uh, Matthew Beneers, Jordan Eberle. Second line is Jared McCann, Yanni Gord, and Andre Burakovsky. Third line is Oliver Bjorkstrand, Alexander Wenberg, and Brandon Tanev. And their fourth line is Ryan Donato, Morgan Geeky, and Jonas Donskoy. So really that's not a, terrible. That's a really good forward group. Right? No, really like, not terrible. There's no superstar on that team, but that's a really deep forward group. Like that bottom six is really good. It's great. It, it, it's, it's a very balanced lineup. Which, which line did they have Beneers on second? They have him on the first. Oh, okay. Um, and then, so I guess they don't have Shane right in there. I don't know if he's going to play this year. He probably gets nine games to I, start. I definitely think he'll get nine games. I think he'll get sent back to junior. He so. did miss like a key development year for yeah. COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think go back to Kingston, work on consistency. Should should be pretty interesting. Um, Seattle looks good. I, I like the idea of them having Veneers and Shane right down the middle for the next 10 to 15 years. Their um, D is so bad, though. Their D is nasty, but, I mean, they're in year two of an expansion team, so they, yeah. they can figure that out. Um, all right, let's place them in the Pacific. I've got them sixth. Um, I believe they were dead last in the division last year, um, so slight improvements, especially with some of the other teams looking like they're definitely going to take a step back. Um, and I, I really like their ads, but I, I, I still don't think they push for a playoff spot. How do you guys feel? Yeah, I, uh, I have them seventh. Okay. Uh, I, I do see them kind of moving over at least one team for sure with those forwards. I think they're definitely going to win a lot more games. Um, but keeping the puck out of the net is still going to be very difficult for this team. So seventh, definitely out of the playoffs. What do you got, Jack? This episode is going to suck. I also have them six. You got them six? Yeah. There you go. Ryan's the odd one out. Um. So none of us really see them making a big push, but definitely improvement over uh, like bottom three team in the NHL from the, a season ago. Uh, moving on to the Anaheim Ducks, definitely some exciting young talent on this team. Um, they bring in Ryan Strom on a five-year contract with $5 million a year. They bring in John Klingberg on a one-year show-me deal, $7 million. I'm expecting a big year from him in a, in a massive role for the Ducks. Um, and they also bring in Frank Vitron- Frank Vitrano, three years, $3.65 million per season. And uh, it's very likely Mason McTavish will be with the team for the full season. So we can consider him an addition as well. Um, probably going to be a rookie of the year candidate, called a trophy guy. Um, how do you guys feel about Anaheim? Um, I feel okay about Anaheim. I think they... I, they're, they're such an interesting mix of kind of like, yeah, there's some elite, elite young players on this team, but there's, I don't know, I keep trying to make excuses, but I kind of like, like their lineup. I'm not going to lie. The more I look at it, it's, it's kind of nice, um, but I don't think the young guys are going to be to the point where they can carry them into a potential playoff spot yet. Yeah, I don't think so. But I do like their lineup. I did not think it was this good. Okay, so we'll get back to you so you can read the lineup. What, how, Jack, how do you feel about how do you feel about Anaheim's offseason? Uh, they're another team I really like where they're going, but this is definitely going to be, I think, a growth, growth year for their young players. There's going to be some growing pains. Um, 
Mason McTavish is looking amazing. I remember when he was taken, it was seen as a bit of a stretch. He's already kind of shutting down those thoughts. So it'll be an exciting team to watch, but they're still a few years away. Brian, what does their lineup look like? Yeah. If you, so, if you can rip through it quick. Well, specifically their defense is actually very nice. Um, Cam Fowler, John Klingberg, um, Vakaninen, is that how you pronounce yeah, that? Yeah, that sounds um, good. Shattenkirk, Kulikov, and Drysdale. Like, that's oh. a pretty darn good top six. And then you got yeah. John Gibson for now. Um, at least they've also got Lucas Dostal coming up through the ranks. Eh, he's yep. gonna be a good. He's gonna be a good goalie. Yeah, and uh, no, but up front they still have like obviously Trevor Zegers, Troy Terry, Ryan Strom now, Frank Fertrano, Mason McTavish, Silverberg, um, Lundestrom. He's a young player, right? He's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, he had twenty nine points in eighty games last year as a twenty two year old, so he could take a step. Um, yeah, yeah, they're still looking pretty good to me. Uh, I, I flirted with changing them in my list here, but I think I'm going to stand that. And where would that be? That would be in sixth position in the Pacific. Okay. Jack, where do you have Anaheim? Seventh in the Pacific, 12th in the West. All right. We're looking good with lining up our picks. I've got Anaheim seventh, so not doing much. Not much excitement so far in the rankings. Um yeah, I mean, it's a team that uh, they've traded away a lot of players in the last few years. They've still held on to John Gibson, so who knows? Maybe he has a bounce-back year and they surprise. Um, but they've got that young core. I like that they're not thrusting Jamie Drysdale into uh, a trial by fire. They bring in Klingberg to sort of run that top power play and be that number one right-handed defenseman. I think Drysdale's right-handed, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And yeah. even though like he wasn't really thrown to fire last year, he had 32 points in 81 games. Yeah, like, no, he had a good season. Solid. But like, I'm pretty sure analytically he was a bad defenseman last year. Yeah. But that comes with being a 19-year-old. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like the idea of adding Klingberg to sort of take on that number one defenseman role. Mm. And and obviously you've got Cam Fowler there. Um, uh but yeah, on, honestly, I would probably have had the Ducks higher if they'd have changed their freaking jerseys to the uh, the Mighty Duck logo instead of that stupid, ugly D. Yeah, um, they are easily one of the worst jerseys in the league. Like that jersey, that jersey that Zegers posed in the NHL 23 pictures with, like that, that's got to be their main jersey now. Like you got to yeah. switch that. <laughs> Come on. A lot of people thought they might change just based on that photo, but yeah. But oh, well, seventh place, seventh for Jack, sixth for Ryan. Um, let's move on to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they had a weird off season. I think, um, they seem like a team that doesn't really know what direction they're going in. They bring in Ilya Mikheyev on a four year, $4.75 million contract per season. Not loving that, uh, out the door, they see Yaroslav Halak and Brad Hunt go and they extended JT Miller seven years, 8 million per season for 56 million total. And they brought back Brock Besser as a restricted free agent, three years, 6.65 per season. Jack, how do you feel about the Canucks? Oh, Sorry, what's up, Ryan? I just wanted to add one more thing. It I'm wasn't really go off. <laughs> it wasn't really off season, I guess, but they added Kuzmenko too. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. Um, he was a UF. He was a free agent coming over from Russia. Yeah, um, one year entry level. Okay, uh, Jack, how do you feel about Vancouver? I actually really like their off season. I think Besser and Miller are two guys that kind of felt like they were going to be good as gone and get what you can for them. So. I see bringing them back as a nice win. They made some small ads, and ultimately they have Thatcher Demko in that, and I see him as a top five goalie. Um, 
so I have very high expectations for him to kind of drag them along this year. Should we do position rankings soon? If you want to. I don't know. I think that'd be fun. Preseason position rankings. I don't know. Just from Jack saying Demko top five. Anyway, not that I disagree. Um, okay, Ryan, how do you feel about Vancouver? I feel okay about them. Like, I feel like they definitely had a decent, like, it was a decent offseason. Um, but like you said, they are kind of directionless. Like, what are they doing here? Yeah. Um, this was the team that I flirted moving down with Anaheim. Um, but I just think that their forward group is a little bit too um, offensive. And like Jack said, just having Demko in the back there, um, I don't think they fall below the Ducks or teams in the bottom tier like that there. But um, they're kind of directionless. Yeah, they, they're a meh team. I, I don't, I really don't like the, all in sort of mentality that it seems like Vancouver has right now. I mean, especially like, looking at that defense, like, do you the, see what this defense looks like right now? It's atrocious. It, it's really not good. I mean, like not long ago, they were one of these like sexy young teams. Like Elias Pettersson was 20 years old, winning the Calder with like however many goals he had. And he was dubbed like the top under 23 player or something or most potential or whatever. Um, Quinn Hughes was it battling McCarr for uh, the Calder trophy. It was like a historic battle for Calder. And now McCarr's on a different stratosphere from Hughes. And like, I don't know, Hughes is such a one dimensional player. Like sure. He's a, he's a great offensive defenseman, but he's not really like the backbone of a decor. And even Pedersen had an off year last year and Besser's lost a step from the, his early career hype. And like, it's it could have gotten so much. They could have gotten so many assets for JT Miller. It's Hughes uh, and that's it's Hughes and that's it on the back end, and that's what's super concerning. Like, yeah, like sure, Ekman, Larson, and Myers are there, but they're not. They're they're guys, right? Yeah, um, and and like Ekman Larson at those cap hits. Yeah, Ekman Larson's not even a guy. Like he's that's a ter- that's an albatross contract, and. And the thing that concerns me about Vancouver is that now you've got Bo Horvat, I think, as a UFA next offseason, and he's probably going to want seven to eight million a year. Like, do you really want him making that much money? Like, that's a guy that you want making that middle tier money. That's what makes you a good team. But once you start paying those guys a lot, that's when you start running into trouble. Same with a guy like JT Miller. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Demko is going to want a shit ton of money soon, too, oh, um, yeah. in the next few years. And it's just, I don't know. I don't love their direction um jack how do you how do you feel about those statements i mean i don't necessarily argue with any of them i think they are kind of a mismanaged team they have a lot of bad contracts um if i were to project kind of like their future for the next three years as opposed to next season it would have been a lot more bleak but i still am a firm believer in devco being able to kind of make up for a lot of other mistakes where do you guys have them in the Pacific? Third. I, I have third. third. Interesting. I've got them fourth. I have um, I would have to look at who I have in the central to see if I think Vancouver's a playoff team. Uh, let's look I right. have them just outside. I the- also I also have them just missing a wild card. Um, but Jack, you've got them right there in the top three. Is that is that all like just because of how much you believe in Thatcher Demko? And some regression to the mean for. Pedersen as well. Mm-hmm. 
And okay, yeah, and Pedersen's another guy who's going to need a contract soon. I don't know. I'm out on Vancouver. I, I don't love their team. Like they're they're a good mediocre team right now, but that's never a place you want to be in. And, and it looks like they might be locked into that situation for the next few years. When when your longest contract is Oliver Ekman Larson, you've got a problem. That is a problem. Well, at least um, tied with Quinn Hughes, but <laughs> um, all right, moving on to San Jose. Uh, they brought in Nico Sturm on a three-year contract worth two million per season. They bring in Oscar Lindblom, two years, two and a half per, and Luke Coonan, two years, 2.75 per. And they traded Brent Burns to Carolina in what was more or less a cap dump. I think they brought back a third rounder and a couple, like a goalie prospect. Um, Rudolph Balsers and Ryan Dezingo also out the door. Some minor, minor subtractions, but uh, big name obviously there is Brent Burns. Um, San Jose, a team that's been stuck in the basement the last few years. Um, they haven't had any lottery luck, so they don't have any like super prospects. But, uh, Jack, how do you feel about the Sharks? I mean, you want to talk about a team with no direction. Look no yeah. further. They've got those awful, awful contracts. and I mean, Eric Carlson's still just kind of there, making, what, like 11 and a half? Yeah. Just a brutal way to start, kind of start your roster payroll. They're definitely stuck. They can't fully tank, at least not well. They, as you said, they're not winning the lottery. They have some decent prospects, but they're definitely stuck. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation. Like, Logan Couture is still there. They brought back Hurdle, which I think was a mistake. They should have traded him. Timo Meyer's there, but I think he's on a bridge deal right now. I'm not 100% sure about that. He's actually in, he's in RFA next year. Okay, so I think he he's on the last year of his bridge deal. I think it was like three times four or something. Three times six. Um, something like that. Uh, they've still got Vlasic. Like, who's in net for San Jose this year? It is a James Reimer and Capo Kahokanen. Kahokanen, there it is, Jack. Holy crap. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like San Jose. I don't like where they're at. Um, I've got them eighth. I don't, I don't have too much to say about them. They've just, they're just, yeah. they're going to be shitty. They're going to be in the Bedard sweepstakes. Yeah, I have them dead last in the division as well. They are just... Nothing inspiring about this team. Jack, who are you going to Same, eighth, unanimous eighth place. You heard it here first, folks. San Jose Sharks last place. Trying to pick up Connor Bedard to make up for losing Josh Norris and Tim Stutzla. Um, Happy four years, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was this week, wasn't it? It was yesterday, yeah. Yesterday, okay. Interesting. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, let's hit the Calgary Flames. Definitely the biggest offseason, so you're going to have to give me a minute to uh, go through the ins and outs. So they bring in Jonathan Huberdeau. He has one year left on a $5.9 million cap hit. They sign him to an eight-year extension worth 10.5 per season. They bring in Mackenzie Wieger, one year, one year 3.25. Nazem Kadri is a UFA, seven years, $7 million per season. They bring in Kevin Rooney, two years, $1.3 per season. Out the door, they see Johnny Goudreau bolt for Columbus. They traded Matthew Kachuk's rights, well, in a sign-and-trade to the Flames. Kyle Yarncroke, Eric Goodbranson, and Sean Monaghan all out the door. And they also signed extensions for Nikita Zadorov, two years, three and three quarters per season. Andrew Mangiapane, three years at 5.8. And Oliver Shillington, two times 2.5, which is a contract I love. Um, Ryan, how do you feel about the Flames offseason? They've definitely been the notable team all for the last three or four months. Yeah, I feel incredible about their offseason. Like, I 
given the situation that they were given, like it, it's hard to believe that anyone's had a better off season than him, than Tree Levin. Like as, as much as we want to drool over what Pierre Dorian has done here in Ottawa, like this guy was handed an absolute garbage pile of bad news and turned it into potentially a better team. Yeah. So I feel incredible about this team. Um, I think we saw what they are capable of last year. They're a little bit um, different this year, but I think they're more well-rounded. So that will just overall help them out. Um, and then Markstrom and Ned, I think he's going to have a bounce back. So I feel very good about them. Jack, Flames, go. <laughs> um, yeah, there's really, as Ryan said, they were handed a really tough situation. I think we talk about between uh, their arena being in the state it's in and losing Goudreau and then potentially losing Kachuk. It could have been detrimental to the franchise and they managed to turn it into a win. Um, yeah, I would say the most loaded defense in the league. Um, and you really, uh, as much as they're a well-rounded team, they're built for the coach they have, and they have a very unique coach, a very playoff-built system. And I think that's going to do wonders for them. I think Kadri and Uyghur are going to fit in so well with uh, mm -hmm. with Sutter's system. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's going to be really cool to see. And that D is just ridiculous. Um, is this the most eventful offseason that you guys have ever seen for a single team? Like, like since you've been alive? That's the time. 100%, I would say. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. I think so, too. Um, the amount of, like, the ins and outs are just ridiculous. Like, it's literally, like, just, like, five All-Stars just changing names courtesy of the Calgary Flames. It's just nuts. You don't see you don't see that in this league. Um, and, like, Sean Monaghan, too. Like, that's a huge name. Like, I got he's fallen off. But, like, seeing him not in a Flames uniform next year is going to be weird. Just yeah. so much change. Um, a lot of excitement at the hands of the uh, Calgary Flames. It's going to be a fun team to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and we just move across the conference, or not across the conference, across the province hey, over to Edmonton. I don't think we did predictions. We didn't do a ranking. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, where do we got the Flames? I've got them second. I've got them taking a slight step back. I think they were perfect last year. I don't think they'll be perfect this year in the regular season. Um, but that doesn't mean I think they're actually necessarily a worse team. I just don't think as many things go right for them this season like having three 40 goal scorers on your first line. I've got them second. Or like, what was it? Nine shutouts. Yeah. Like everything went right for them in the regular season last year. So I've got them regressing a little bit, but not significantly. Yeah, I agree. I think they fall the second, but they are a better team, especially going into the playoffs. Ryan. I've still got them first. Nice. They stay on top of the division. Um, I love this team. They, like you said, defense is incredible, great goalie, and forwards are still very, very solid. So I take them to win the division. Love it. All right, now let's move across the province to Edmonton. Uh, another big offseason for a team in Alberta. They bring in Jack Campbell, um, five years, five per season. Matthias Janmark, one year, 1.25. Uh, they traded away Zach Cassian's contract to the Arizona Coyotes in a cap dump. Forget what they attached to that, but I'm, it was not insignificant. First round pick down to the second round pick. Oh, it was like. Oh yeah, they just dropped down a few picks. Yeah, okay, so that's pretty good. Um, Duncan Keith retired, which was an absolute blessing for this team. Um, it was also hilarious to see that because the Chicago Blackhawks were trying to weaponize cap space, and they saw five million dollars go out the door due to a player retiring on a different team. 
And uh, they retained Evander Kane four years, 5.125 per season. And they brought back Brett Kulak, who was supposedly going to be a deadline. Well, he was a deadline acquisition, um, was supposed to be a rental. They brought him back four years, 2.75 a season. He was really good for them in the playoffs. Um, Yeah, just a team that's been making good moves ever since Peter Shirelli left, making more good moves. Um, I really like how Edmonton looks. It's going to be really cool to see Evander Kane get a full season with the Oilers. Um, I think people are underrating that. Like he could score 40 goals with this team. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited about the Oilers and I'm really excited about the battle of Alberta this year. I think it's going to be even better than last year. Jack, how do you feel about Edmonton? Uh, I love it. I think an underrated kind of part of it is this is the first time McDavid's had a goalie. Yeah. Like a, a true, as much as you can trust the goalie for 60 plus games. And I think that honestly will open him up offensively as well which is kind of an underrated aspect of adding a goalie. He doesn't need to be, as much as he is offensive-minded, he can be even more offensive-minded. Um, and yeah, Evander Kane, I think he'll score 40. And Kulak, I watched a lot of Kulak in Montreal, and he is a very nice addition on the contract they got him for. There's some holes in the roster, but they have maybe... Colorado is the only other team with as much star power as they have and that goes a long way I, I think it's a good thing when your your biggest issue in my opinion with your roster is that you're paying your number one defenseman a few million too much I think I think that means good things for the Edmonton Oilers in 2023 Ryan how do you feel about Edmonton yeah I, I feel pretty good about them I think where our slight differences may lay um, is that I'm not completely sold on Jack Campbell okay uh, I'm not like I, I watched a lot of games with him actually last year because I lived in a house with many Leafs fans. So the games were on all the time um, and he did have an amazing stretch, but the majority of the season, he was actually quite shaky. Um, so I'm just not sold on him as a 60 plus game starter yet. That's going to really solidify a team. Um but like you said, their, their star power is ridiculous. Um, this is still a very good team. The goaltending has improved for what it was last year. So give them for, uh, some credit there too. They're definitely taking a bet with Jack Campbell on at that money in that term. Um, but they've also got Stuart Skinner. So they're, they're, they're taking a bet on two guys sort of moving up in their roles. Like Jack Campbell being expected to be now. like – an elite starter for them at that cap hit in that term. Like they're going to want him playing 55, 60 games and Stuart Skinner is going to step into a full-time backup role. Um, but I like that bet more than uh, Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. Oh yeah. I, I like it way so, better than what that was. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sold on him being like a, a 60 game, like 35 win guy. Yeah, of course. That's just the thing though is being, quote unquote not sold on him is still the best goalie they've had in the yeah Florida. that's that's the thing yeah that's you the got, absurd part of it you gotta yeah. look at it relative to what Edmonton has had in the past I think that's true um but definitely a valid point um so I've got them first I think they take the division I think they're gonna score a shit ton of goals um obviously like McDavid's gonna go off dry gonna do his thing Evander Kane for the full season is gonna be sick um Evan Bouchard, like he's, he's a stud. Like, I don't think he gets talked about enough in, in a Canadian market as a top defenseman. I think he's going to have a huge breakout season. Um, but yeah, I've got Edmonton taking the division this year. How do you guys feel? 
I have Calgary. You have Calgary. Uh, sorry, you have Edmonton taking first, Jack? Yep. Okay. And Ryan? Yeah, and then I just have them second. So. Okay, so basically just first. flip-flopping Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah. Um. All right. The rankings have been a little boring in this one. Uh, maybe they'll get a little bit more interesting as we get to these last two teams. I have, um. I, I was just going to say, I have a feeling the Central will be all over the place. but I that, think the Central is going to be ridiculous. Um. But let's wrap up the Pacific. We got two more teams left. Uh, they all Los Angeles Kings, not a ton of moves, but they didn't really need to make any. And they made the right ones. I think, uh, they bring in Kevin Fialis and then sign him seven years, 7.875 per season. Um, they traded a first and Brock Faber. I don't know what other piece, I think that might've been the only two, maybe another pick, um, to Minnesota to bring in Kevin Fiala and sign him. Um, they see Andreas and Tennessee, Troy Stetcher and Oli Mata. The three of those guys walked. And they extended Adrian Kempe at four years, $5.5 million per season in what I think is a massive bargain contract. Um, I love LA. I love what they're doing. I find it incredible that they're this good, despite almost none of their massive prospects breaking out and even becoming complete and utter busts. Like, I think, I think I'm comfortable with calling Alex Turcotte more or less a bust. Um, you'd think Byfield would have contributed at the NHL level by now. He hasn't. I'm not calling him a bust. I think he's still got a ton of room to grow, obviously. Um, but then they also have had a ton of guys just not hit. And for a team that had an absolutely loaded prospect pool within the last three or four seasons, to be where they are with almost no contributions from a lot of those guys, or at least the high-end ones, is incredible. Um, Ryan, how do you feel about the Kings? Oh, this is going to be probably my hottest take in this division, but I think that they make a big step and are certainly getting into the playoffs. Um, I They made the playoffs last year. Well, yeah, but like a more, I didn't want to say my ranking. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to say my ranking exactly, but okay, okay. Um, I'll just say it. I have them third. Like I, I have them, okay. like I don't have them in a wildcard conversation. I have them in the top three. Um, the, the only thing I'm not sold on is goaltending with Jonathan quick at 36 years old and Cal Peterson or Peterson with, um, at, I don't think his stats were that great last year. I don't know what they were off the top of my head. And they gave him 5 million a year. Yeah. That was a weird one, but I don't know. I just, I feel something good about this team. The addition of Kevin Fiala is incredible for them. Um, I think we see the real Quinton Byfield this year. Yeah. He's going to start producing. Um, yeah, so I, I have them making the playoffs and solidly. Still got Dano, still got Kopitar, still got Dowdy. Like, all those guys yeah. are still there, too. Jack, how do you feel about the Los Angeles Kings? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling the same way. I feel good about them. They're, as you said, one of the best prospect cores, and I think this is the year they take a step. The goaltending is a bit of a question mark, but... Um, the campaign contract is an absolute steal. The Fiala one is lower than I expected it to be. And those are two huge weapons coming in. Or Kempe is returning, but two huge weapons up front. And uh, a thing to remember, too, about their prospects is the majority of them were centers. So guys like Byfield, guys like Turcotte, guys like Gabe Velarde, they've been battling each other just to get AHL ice time, let alone fit into the NHL roster at a middle or top six role. So I think I wouldn't call them bust yet. I think it's been slowed down because there's just been so much competition. Do you imagine? Do think, 
sorry. I do think this is the year where some take a step forward, specifically by field. Can you imagine what this team will look like with Kopitar, who is a perennial Selkie candidate, Philip Deneau, who's one of the best defensive centers in the NHL, and a broken-out Quinton Byfield. Can you imagine that team down the middle? Like, mm-hmm. that's disgusting. That'll be a really good team. And I'm right there with you, Ryan. I've got them third. Um, I don't well, think... L on me, then, because I totally thought having them third was going to be a hot take. So. And it's also funny because they finished third in the division last year. I wasn't going to say anything. Really? really? Yeah, yeah they did, yeah. It. You crushed him once already. I didn't want to mention him. I know. I didn't want to like shut him down again. I wanted it to, like to wait until we gave our rankings. We might have to quit the podcast. I didn't look at. I didn't look at any rankings from last year. I just knew that they weren't like solidly in the play. No, they they didn't feel like a third place team. I I totally get why that felt that way, but it was funny because I, yeah, I don't know. It was okay. funny. Yeah, no Jack, way. where do you have the Kings? fourth in the division oh, i was hoping there. he would say third too that would have been so i funny. already said vancouver for third though no, i know i for, yeah, you I know. clearly I weren't listening yeah i know <laughs> I, i've been uh trying to memorize all of your rankings for the last 40 minutes should. while i'm talking about all the other teams um exactly um all right we got five minutes left which will definitely be enough time although uh this might be our most interesting ranking lastly we've got the vegas golden knights um, their major additions include Phil Kessel, one year, one and a half. They acquired Aiden Hill very recently from San Jose and future considerations. Um, out the door, they see Max Pacioretty, who was, a, who was traded away in exchange for future considerations. Um, Evgeny Dadanov, Evgeny Dadano, Ev, is da, oh my God. Evgeny Dadanov <laughs> traded to the Montreal Canadiens in a cap dump. They brought in Shea Weber's contract. Um, Dylan Coughlin was also traded, and Matthias Janmark. Coggan uh, went to uh, Carolina with Pacioretty. I'm absolutely butchering this right now. Um, Robin Leonard is going to be on LTIR to start the season and for the entirety of the season, as we now know. And they retained Riley Smith three years, $5 million a year. And they brought back Nick Roy uh, five years, $3.3 million, $3 million a year. Um, I hate this team right now. I really don't like them. Um, I don't like how their roster is built. I think it's Jack Campbell or Jack Eichel. Oh my God. Jack Eichel and just a bunch of guys, Mark Stone, I guess too, if he's healthy, but like Petriangel took a huge step back last year. Shea Theodore is being wasted on this team. Um, their goalie situation is just so bad. Phil Kessel could have a cool season. It'll be interesting. It'll be nice. It'll be interesting to see him back in sort of a spotlight market. But uh, I don't know. Bringing back Riley Smith and then trading away Max Pacioretty for nothing is crazy. I, it looks decent now with Pacioretty's injury, but still, that's like a that's a nutty decision at the time. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about the Golden Knights? I know we've voiced our displeasure about them in the past on the podcast, but uh, now just a moment. Jack, how do you feel? I don't really have much else to say. I hate them. I hate the way. I'm still mad they didn't pick aces as their name. I hate the way they built their roster and how they treat their players. I don't really like their uniforms either, if I'm being honest. They're tra- they're changing them too. They're going full gold for their full-time home jerseys. I don't like that either. No, it's a mistake. It's, it's, those are the ugliest jerseys in the league. Yeah, it's rough. Um, despite all that, they have somehow passed together a decent roster. As much as I would like to see them crash and burn. 
they're still going to be a competitive team. Okay, Ryan, what do you got? I, I feel the exact same way. They're just a garbage team who doesn't respect their players, essentially. Like, they, like something came out this week, too, that Nicholas Hag hasn't heard from them since, like, July or something. And That's he still nuts. doesn't have a contract. He's and like Paul the Stasny picked Carolina for less money. Yeah. Yeah. And Nick, anyway. Nick Haig is like their third best defenseman. Yeah. Anyways, I, I think they are still a decent roster, but like Jack covered, they are poo-poo in my head. Where do you got them? I have them in the wildcard spot, fourth. Jack? I'm fifth, taking the second wildcard. I also have them fifth. Uh, by default, I guess taking the wild card, but I like Vancouver more, so I'm going to say Vancouver gets that last wild card and Vegas misses the playoffs again. Um, the West is kind of top heavy, eh? Like they, there's some like there's some mushy teams in the middle there, and the bottom teams are really bad. Yeah. Um, like those like six, seven, eight, like those last three playoff seasons in the West are are not going to be that good of teams. But uh, yeah, so uh, that it's it for the Pacific. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it's time to do the Central Division. I kind of butchered Vegas. I think my brain's a little tired right now. Um, but unless you guys have anything else on the Pacific Division, let's hop over and do the Central. Yes, sir. All right, hit the outro.